Wellington Access Radio, 106.1 FM. This is B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm Laura, and I'm in the studio with Martin. Hey, Martin, tell kia us ora, Kia ora, kia ora, everybody. And it gives me, uh, first of all, what a great tune. Great tune. Great tune. It gives me great pleasure uh, this evening to welcome in the founder of B-Side Stories, um, a, an entrepreneur, um, a sustainability champion here in Wellington, general lady about town, um, and now the running for local government uh, elect, uh, Miss. Mrs. Laurie Foon. Yeah. Welcome, um, Laurie. Oh, oh, my goodness. I've got a wee <laughs> blush going on there, Martin. Um, thank you for having me in here. And it's uh, it's pretty freaky being on the other side of the mic. I've been trying to get this interview for about a year you now. You have, you have, um, yeah. I, I, just a quick quick background on how I met Laurie. I um, started working for Kaibosh Food Rescue about three years ago now. And I had, you know, I was meeting all these incredible people around Wellington City, and I had this idea, you know, Wellington needs a podcast where we can we can uh, communicate with the with the the average Wellingtonian about all these amazing people, amazing things that happen. And he says to me, my boss Matt Dagger at Kaiwash, he said to me, well, actually, Marty, there already is one, and it's run by this wonderful woman, Laurie Foon. So I'll introduce you. So I then came down, I met Laurie, and Laurie, being Laurie, roped me into. <laughs> <laughs> to becoming a host. So that is how A, I met Laurie, and B, how I ended up on B-Side And stories. has it been a bad thing for you, <laughs> Not Martin? at all. I, I, you I, honestly, one of the greatest <laughs> things about doing this podcast is the people that we, we get to meet. He tangata, he tangata, he tangata. Go oh. Wellington, yeah. <laughs> so, Laurie, um, look, before we get into the local government side of things, I'd really like to give our listeners and, and us here in the studio a little bit mm. of a background as to yourself and what has led you to, to wanting to get involved in local politics. Um, the first that I was aware of you was through Foon, your your clothing store. Can you give us a, what led you to, to wanting to design clothes and... and well, oh, it's it's uh, hard to go into that one, but I think I I had a store called Starfish and oh, a Starfish, brand called yeah. uh, Laurie Foon, mm-hmm. a, a clothing label called Laurie Foon, as well as a label called Starfish, and I started that business in um, in 1993, and actually we started in a local market that is where Zero and Trade Me are situated, and now I remember that market, and there were possibly some of Wellington's best food outlets, mm, best DJs, that place was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and some it really kind of incubated mm. some of Wellington's best businesses, and that's another reason why I believe in having places where it is easy to start, places where it's easy to fail, but mm. really just to get in and have a go because so many businesses that are successful, like Ico Ico, um, even Havana, you know, Jeff had a stall in the market before he had Midnight Espresso, mm. before Havana Coffee was even there. So it's important to know that. That, you know, we need this. So I started my business, Starfish, there with um, actually we started with vintage clothing, and it was at the time where the band Delight was out, mm-hmm. and it was a very funky 70s. And I'd just come back from my OE, and I knew I wanted to start a business. And it was, I had $135, so we bought a whole lot of secondhand clothes, started washing them, taking them in, and started the shop called Jive Junkies. <laughs> and 
and we would sell clothes to everyone who was going out that night. And then we'd all go out that night dancing and see everyone wearing the clothes. So it was a really amazing time in Wellington as well. There wasn't really a lot going on, so the clubs and the music were a really strong part of of living in Wellington because in a way that was all there was to do. What, when are we talking about here? Is that mid-80s? Yeah, no, no. This is actually early 90s, and then 93 I opened the shop Starfish, and then we kept on partying. Um, it really was <laughs> combined, and Starfish actually sponsored a lot of the dance parties, you know, that, that were going on at the time. And um, But, yeah, so through there we had 20 years of an amazing experience, and one of the drivers that we had, Starfish was always very much part of the community, but I think maybe the, bre- the three biggest things that we were known for were we stepped out when there was a motorway about to go through the mm. creative heart of town and mm. were part of the campaign called Bypass My Ass, mm. which then became Tiaro, um, you know, Save Our Streets. And that was really about saying what we've got here in Wellington with our creative community is unique. Mm. Why do we want to put a motorway through that which will decimate that, that community? Mm. And, you know, we won't go into the arguments around that, but it was quite unique at the time. Um, Also, we were really strong about being New Zealand made. We felt that we really should be keeping out the manufacturing of our clothing here in New Zealand. Mm. And then the thing we became most well known for was our being a pioneer in eco-fashion in New Zealand and really starting to understand what it meant to produce clothes that didn't impact badly on the people that made them, but also on our environment. Fashion doesn't really have a uh, strong reputation as far as those concerns uh, go. Would you say that you're a bit of a you know a, a leader in that aspect as far as fashion and sustainable fashion goes? Uh, yes, I would, and um, I didn't realise that at the time. Mm. But I think that now that we're seeing another surge of businesses or young designers that really want to design and create clothing without having a detriment on our environment, um, it, it felt quite normal at the time to us. But obviously, we were pioneers at that point. Mm. Little yellow bird comes to mind when we think about yes, sustainable yes. clothing. Yes, and Little Yellow Bird's been on B-Sides a couple of they times. Have, yes, have. And so they've got a, a wonderful offering where they're really talking to our uniform mm. manufacturers or our companies that uh, wear uniforms. We have, I, I guess, just back to the output of fashion, has now moved up to, I think, being the second largest polluter yeah. after the oil yeah. industry. And that has been over my time. And that is because of the throwaway aspect Mm -hmm. in that we're buying clothes and throwing them away. So it's the cost to the environment on creating them, the cost, um, and then they're just ending up in the landfill. So just just sticking with this for a second, what was it? I mean, right now it's really forefront, uh, sustainability and understanding that the repercussions of our actions. But, you know, back then it wasn't really, it was considered, but not greatly. Mm. What what led you to wanting to be a sustainable fashion producer at that time when it wasn't Mm. so front and centre? Well, I had the amazing experience. Um, I was a, little, a girl from Wainui Omata. I couldn't wait to get as far away from my beautiful hometown as possible. So like all good Kiwis, I ended up on an OE in, in London. Mm. And when I got there, I was so shocked by the extent of uh, massive wealth co- by massive, um, com- you know, contrasted mm. by poverty. Mm. 
And we're seeing that now in Wellington, actually, but it wasn't a thing that we ever saw. Mm. And so when I got there, I just couldn't bear the, the over the glam and the bling of it all. And then when I found a shop called The Body Shop that was run by Anita Roddick, her store really spoke to me. And so I guess those values immediately became imprinted mm. on my own psyche. And through that, I knew that whatever I did, I wanted to adopt the values. And so that would have been late 80s. And at that, if you call Starfish a pioneer, the body shop was a real pioneer because Anita was talking about reduce, reuse, recycle way back then mm. and was really conscious of how their product was made, who was making it. And she, I walked into her shop and she had big posters st- saying, stop the burning of the Amazon. And, you know, for the little girl from Wainui Amara, I didn't know we were burning yeah, yeah. the Amazon. But I found that the way that she communicated things that, that were going on in my world really um, spoke to me. An early hero of yours, Anita Roddick. Yes, and I have a photo of Anita right next to my desk. And sometimes when I'm sitting there, I look around and I go, what would Anita do? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Just getting off topic a little bit, have you got a current, who's a current hero? Ooh. Um, Actually, there, there are many women around at the moment um, I don't think it would be hard not to it is there are so many I think um, actually I'm going to throw it out there to Beyonce and even although you know she's not my my first pick but when I see my 15 year old yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I see my 15 year old being inspired by how empowering um, you know Beyonce is is in her lyrics and what she's doing mm. I think that impact the global impact that that woman is having is amazing um, for for us Helen Clark you cannot deny that even now I'm just <clears> like go you know go auntie Helen. This dental thing is, is pretty significant, uh, if we can get that across the line. Um, can you come back to, sorry, I might have missed something there, the dental thing? Yeah, she's advocating for free dental health uh, oh. for all New Zealanders. Wow. Yeah, yeah which is huge. That mm. is massive. Yeah, yeah. That so, is massive. Yeah, that's happening right now. Yeah, go. Yeah. See, she, go, Auntie Helen. She, she gets off the United Nations <laughs> yeah. and comes back yeah. and is still making big. Yeah. That, that is huge. Yeah. She never stops. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but but back Absolutely. to you, Lauren. And then here in Wellington, we've got amazing women running around. Um, but I would actually like to hand it over to Julia Milne out in the Community <laughs> Project. Um, look, I, I feel like I'm standing here because she's doing what she's. If she's braver than than so many people doing what she's doing, and it's not easy. And she's not talking about it; she's doing it. So um, yeah, I'd like to hand it over to Shout Julia. Shout out to Julia yeah. Milne. We love Julia. Yeah, yeah. Well and so Julia. people like that are encouraged. Yeah. Encouraging people totally. like me to step up and yeah. do things as well. That's great. So, getting back to Starfish, uh, when did uh, so that wound up around the time of the bypass? Was that right? Uh, no, so Starfish wound up about four years ago. And actually, I'd like to talk about that. That was a really humbling experience to go through. Mm. And um, I gave my, and Christine will know even just what you're putting into your business now. It is impossible to do it without giving it everything you've got and more and more and more. Mm. And even Starfish was um, often beyond our, you know, put before our family. And we called the business our third child because it just never gave up needing 
mm. attention constantly. So your husband was, was involved? Yes, yeah, so, so Tim Sim was in, involved at that point. Um, and so I guess to go, the thing about fashion is that you, we really had to keep up with the Joneses in the fashion world. It was really hard to talk another conversation, but also not be standing next to the Karen Walkers and the Kate Sylvester's. And then so to actually have to be in that uh, slightly idolised place of being a fashion designer and have to say, hey, I'm going to have to close this business down was one of the most heartbreaking experiences I've had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to belittle that, but I know also that so many people have had big changes. But I guess it's it's how we come back, you know, and how we come out of those situations. And really, that's how B-Side Stories got here, because um, John Key at the time had said it was around two or three days within actually shutting the door to Starfish that the headline came out with John Key saying, Wellington is dead. Mm. And I can remember walking past it and just, it, it just shaking my head and despair Mm, and really feeling that Mm. but then how b-sides came about was that i had become so isolated trying to keep the business going that i thought surely wellington can't be dead and so when i was shoulder tapped to start this i thought maybe let's just start asking people what they're doing and how they are and i mean what is it how many 350 odd wellingtonians we're interviewing and still interviewing who are all doing incredible yeah. things for our city. I haven't, I haven't met a single or heard a single um, uninteresting, dull person that has come <laughs> through this studio. Every single one that I listen to or I'm, I'm privileged to be a part of leaves me inspired and energised for um, what's happening here in the city. Yeah. Kudos for that. Yeah, kudos for that. Um, so, so what happened from there? Um, you, you moved into sustainability. Trust? Oh yes, so um, so I work now. So so after starting B Science, there was um, this little job, and actually after having your own business, I could never see myself working for anyone again. But this job came up with the Sustainable Business Network, who we had been a part with, and who were really supportive and helping us understand how we could do better for our environment and our community. This job came up, and I'm actually not a competitive person, but when it came up, I was all elbow. <laughs> out and it was give me that job that's mine and so it has been um, my job I've been lucky enough to be paid for that um, and started very part-time and now it's grown for the last over three years but the same again the community the business community I've met through that from some large businesses like Z Energy who are also incredibly inspiring and the actions that they're doing Mm, down to our small locals like People's Coffee who are doing incredible things just in our local community and um, yeah galv- so it's like B-Sides and S- Sustainable Business Network it's just galvanising the whole time <laughs> What was your role with the, uh, with the s- network? Yeah. yeah so my role is the regional coordinator for the for Greater Wellington and within that it's really just to know who's doing what and work out what ways we can either help businesses so that they're successful but really to, to create a network and because that is also one of my standards going into uh, politics but by being a connected community we're a powerful community and I've seen how that works in the sustainable business network because the more of us that know each other and what we're doing we can actually get to and help each other out absolutely Mm. Um, so moving into local government Mm. 
<laughs> How did this, where did it all start, Laurie? Uh, well, it's it's a really interesting one, and like Christine, I'm kind of just just over the other side, and in it being hovelled and, and moving along, I would say that it feels like a good next step. Mm. But actually, it starts because of a vision. And when I went back to my LinkedIn page, I think starting with the Sustainable Business Network, I, I. I had a vision then, and that was that Wellington could be, and that was through B-Sides and Mm. through the businesses like Starfish. Wellington could be the coolest little sustainable capital in the world. And I've challenged people to give me a better vision, but no Mm. one's given me one yet, Mm. so I'm just sticking my stake in the ground. Mm. But actually, what we've got here is the most incredible connected community who are working to do things via through their work, via through their businesses like the Good Registry, or be, or be it through the community groups that we're interviewing on B-Side Stories mm. who are all wanting to have a positive impact. And it felt like this was the right time to stand up and go, how can we actually help this progress more with that vision mm. in mind? And so the timing felt right. But also, um, I've got to say, I'm also you know, pushed by my kids and one is that they they really care about what's going on in our world and my youngest 11 year old when she does sit in bed and say mum I'm scared about climate change Mm -hmm. and then when I hear my 15 year old with all her school friends from Wellington High standing up and saying we want change around climate change, we want to see different things happen and it's this that's making me go I can't wait, there's no point in waiting, now is the time, we can do this, we can have fun while we're doing it, there are good things actually happening, how do we give them more oomph? The, the vision for the city is, uh, I think it's one that's not actually, you know, it's it's within sight. Like all of yeah. the pieces, all of the pieces are already there. Uh, it's more just about getting out of the way and allowing it to happen. Uh, one thing I love about Wellington is the DIY attitude of so many of our successful um, young businesses, like people that are just figuring figuring it out as they go and not put off by um, boundaries or yeah. or no's or, um, hey, I can't do this. They figure it out. And there's so many examples in Wellington of, of success coming out of that perseverance. So uh, I think that that vision is completely achievable. Mm. And I think the purpose, and, and Christine also spoke about this, when you've got this purpose, when it does get wobbly and shaky, you know mm. that you're there for the right yeah. reason. And I think all of these people, even with Starfish, I was never driven by money. You know, it was great to have some mm. for sure, but actually what we were doing was so much bigger than that. And that's what I can see with all of these businesses in Wellington. So tell us about the, the campaign. On the campaign trail. <laughs> How's it all going? You've been out and about, haven't you? <laughs> every, every time I log into Facebook, Laurie's somewhere else doing something. Laurie has three events today. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit weird. And and I think um, the interesting thing about this is that actually I'm, I'm quite an, I've got a balanced introvert, extrovert mm. character. So I, I do need to plug in and be quiet. And that's how I get the energy to go out. Um, Fortunately, I love what's going on in Wellington and seeing all these good things. So that, I'm really lucky that that's something um, that gives me a lot of joy. Um, so, yes, it is a case of getting out there and telling people who you are and just really seeing them connect on the vision and then, yes, and really asking them for to vote, to vote for me. Mm-hmm. So, yes, Southern Ward. Mm-hmm. Do, do you want to talk a, bit, a little bit about the logistics or...? 
What, what do you mean by logistics? Um, well, I guess because it's a by-election that has come up for the Southern Ward because right. our lovely councillor, Mr Paul Eagle, has now gone into central government. So that's left one seat ah, at the table free. Sure. And so the Southern Ward is also not Rongatai, which I think we get a little bit... I wouldn't know this if we weren't voting, mm-hmm. you know, if it weren't for the by-election. But... Um, Southern Ward is pretty much, if you imagine, the Brooklyn Valley down to Aferro Road and the Newtown Valley down through Berenport Island Bay mm-hmm. and up to those those ridges. So that yep. is the south side. Okay. So if you're in that area, definitely get your voting pants on. And how does one do their voting? And another tricky one, it's it's a postal vote. Does anyone know where the local post box is? Does anyone actually open their mail? <laughs> I open my email. Oh, great, that's a problem. So yeah, you do have to watch your post box and the vote. The forms will leave um, Wellington City Council on the November the thirtieth, mm-hmm. and you have until December the twenty second to vote. Please don't leave it in your pile of paper. Mm. Please make sure you action this because this could be a fantastic opportunity for Wellington. Well, there you go. There is your challenge. If you have a vision for Wellington to be an amazing creative capital, which we all know that it can be, it already is, but it can be better. Mm. We, we all believe that. Get out there and vote if you're in that ward. Um, Laurie, what's uh, how? What's next for on the campaign trail then? We really, um, actually, it's really nice. I love, Christine, what you were talking about Um with the business and and the things that make you uncomfortable. This hasn't been an easy process for me and actually it's been a really hard one to stand up and put my name forward. Like anyone, I'm scared, I'm I'm afraid when I come into the radio station even, I still get butterflies. Mm. So it's a really, really big thing to stand up there. It has been amazing to be on the... um, sitting on a panel and having questions fired at you from the community, and so they should, but actually now I really respect all of those people that (laughs) sit up there and put themselves up for it. Um, It is about getting out and meeting the people, but another thing that we started to do, that we've been doing is door knocking, and that actually has been quite an experience for me. Mm. Quite reserved in some way, so actually going into people's houses and saying, hi, I'm I'm Laurie Foon, but I think it's a amazing what you find there and maybe the the challenges that we've got as a community and I think one of the biggest things is the social aspect especially around Newtown we have a lot of people that are um, you know they, they surround the hospital because of you know mental and, and health issues mm-hmm. and so we've really got communities that, that need help and I would say that the housing situation that we've got is, is huge and I don't know the answers to this but mm-hmm. I'm thinking that creatively as a city how can we bring some, some better actions we've already got a city council that is doing good stuff so yeah so to answer your question it's really keeping on meeting people and making sure A that they vote but also also know that they know who I am and what I stand for. But next, when we talk about the issues that we've got, you know, there's there's some big challenges ahead. Can I add one more logistical challenge to voting in the, when you're in the Southern Ward by election and in all local council elections? Yes. It's a single transferable vote. So you rank the candidates instead of just voting for your fave, you you kind of have a responsibility to know many of them so that you can mm. pick your top three or your top four. Yes. Um, so 
I don't know. It, it could be a little overwhelming to you, people out and, there. And really, B sides should be interviewing a couple of the couple more. Of the well, candidates. we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're doing your democratic duty, you should be. I'm just going to put that out there, team. Just putting it out. There. <laughs> Great. Well, hey, um, thank you so much for coming in and sharing a, a little part of your story with us, Laurie. It's been Thanks, a real Martin. pleasure to just have a chat yeah. and, and hear some of this stuff. Um, mm. Well, I encourage all of our listeners if you're in that southern ward to get out there and vote um make a change we are all ready uh how can people find out about the Laurie Foon campaign so uh we don't have a website but we do have a Facebook page and it's Laurie Foon Southern so so jump on there and check out if anyone wants to volunteer we would love some support we've got some a really great team it's an amazing process being carried along with that but yes jump on board give us a like give us give us your number one vote or get on board and come and door knock or hang out with us and make some good make some good things happen all right hey Laurie what song have you chosen for us to go out on today I'm I'm going a bit poppy with a 15 year old but this is a song of Portugal but it really fires me up and um but the lyric you know I'm I'm a rebel just for kicks now so yeah I'd like (laughs) to hear that please all right thanks B-Sides thanks Wellington nice one Wellington keep it up thanks Laura nice to nice to be in the studio with you again great show Martin I'm feeling the good vibes from everywhere (laughs) you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project. 